Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. Hey, everyone. I hope you are doing well today. As many of you may know, I am in the middle of a PhD program studying organizational leadership. And one of the things about doctoral degrees and academics in general is that you take theories and you take methods and you refine them and make them better for particular situations. And in some way, that's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. If you've heard of SMART goals, you'll know that they're popular and frequently talked about in organizational planning. But we're going to be talking about what it looks like to take that method and that model and use it for individual goal making. And I think it's going to be something that is really helpful for you because it combines some things that you're already familiar with and adds some new elements that can help you when you're making decisions for your own life. So I encourage you to sit back, make sure that you're paying attention because there are a number of moving parts with this model and enjoy the ride. Now, our guest today is a mindset coach as well as a teacher, futurist, author, and speaker. He's a proud veteran and has for many years coached multiple sports and activities. He's traveled extensively and has lived abroad for some years, and he doesn't let his visual impairment stifle his activities. He's happily married and lives in Devon, UK, where he adores living by the sea. Here is Paul Stretton-Stevens. Paul, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Josh. So I like to start off with a few questions at the beginning of every interview to help us to get to know you better as a leader and to give us some insight that we can apply to our own lives. So you ready for this? Sure. What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? I remember working for a particular organization once, and I was, I was studying leadership, teaching leadership, and business management. And the leader of that organization was not a prime example. In actual fact, they were the, the complete opposite of what a leader should be. And that provided me with some really valuable lessons about how to lead. Because all the, all the problems that person faced um, privately and publicly were, were obvious to everybody in the organization. And, and, and they were struggling as a leader. And from my point of view, in, in hindsight, they weren't ready to be a leader when they were appointed to be the leader. They just happen to be in the right place at the right time, if that makes sense. It's, it's great wanting to be a leader and putting yourself out there, but you've got to have those competencies. You've got to have the skills and you've got to have the experience and the expertise in order to lead in the first place. And uh, very often, that's not always the case. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is... A leader is the figurehead of the organization the ultimate decision maker, and the person that's not afraid to affect change, collaborate and cooperate. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? What am I asking that I'm not asking? What is a book that you would recommend to leaders? 
Oh, that one's easy. The, the Book of Five Rings by Mayushati uh, Mashashi. And what is unique and special and helpful about that book? Although it is, um, I suppose you'd call it an ancient text, Mayamoto Mushashi, it still applies today. So it's about a, a warrior samurai who never used to use a, a real sword. He used a wooden bokken and his philosophy of life, because the samurais in those days, they were just weren't, uh, they were just warriors of, of war. They were involved in the arts, involved in literature, involved in some of them to a greater or lesser degree, geopolitics. Um, local politics, and some followed masters, some didn't follow masters, some were leaders, some weren't leaders. And and the philosophy within that book, you can apply to life today. And in, indeed, there's many, there's many uh, versions of the book, um, the Book of Five Rings for executives, the Book of Five Rings for leaders, etc. So the Book of Five Rings is a, is a classic example that is still applicable. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? Become a super deep listener. And finally, our arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? For me, why not? Absolutely, why not? Why, why is not asking, asking enough? Why not is presupposing there is something else out there. Why, why shouldn't we do this? Why not do this? Why not risk this particular part of the business? Why not make these particular decisions that may make or break the business? But you need to actually evaluate that. You know, look at scenarios. Why not? Why not do this? Why not think about this? Why not expect this? Why not prepare for this? All these why nots enable you to explore other parameters. Where I think why is too closed. Now, Paul, we are here today to discuss a new concept, and it builds off of one that I think a lot of people are familiar with, and that is SMART goals. But what we're talking about today is called SMARTX Plus. Before we get into that, could you just give people an overview if they don't know or maybe if they've heard it before but can't remember, what is a SMART goal? Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, most people in business these days, as you, as you just mentioned, would, would understand smart goals and, and use them. And, and some people adopt them and use them uh, for their individual goals as well. Um, it's unclear where it was truly form- formulated. Um, it could have been either Peter Drucker in about 1955 or um, George Doran in 1991. Both have been credited in various publications uh, for having developed the, the smart objectives, as, as we call them. Uh, and there was also an article written by Doran, Miller, and Cunningham about uh, there's a smart way to manage goals and objectives. So maybe they're attributed to that. So, but it's a mnemonic. And uh, the S stands for specific, about being specific with your goals. The M is for measurable. The A is for achievable. The R is for re- realistic or relevant. And the T is for making it time-framed or time-bound. Now, the model I'm using follows that principle, but with some, some adaptations, because I, I tend to use this particular model with individuals, and I don't think, based on my experience over the years, and I used to teach SMART goals um, to business students, to business management students, um, to leaders, um, as part of curriculums, you know, working for the colleges and universities, etc. When you start working in a coaching scenario with an individual, I quickly found that there was additional elements that needed to be put in there. 
um, which is why I developed this particular model. And so this model right here is primarily for individuals and not as much for organizations. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So the best place to start is at the plus part. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Start at the plus part. Now, a lot of people out there will be uh, very familiar with the now where how analysis. And again, I've added an element to that. So we now have the now where how no analysis. Now, from uh, an individual's perspective, if we think of the now being the present, the where being their desire, the how being the actions, and the no being the feelings, that's where we're basing this on to start with. This is our starting point when I'm working with individuals here. So when I've got somebody sat in front of me and I, I say, okay, now, what's your situation right now here in the present? And we spend a lot of time going through where they are at this moment in time. And we take in every aspect. Now, even if it's uh, I'm working with a, a leader in an organization or a, an executive, uh, we still bring in the personal aspects of, of, of the, their life into this as well, because very often it's, it's, it's highly relevant. Um, or if it's an individual that's not working in their organization, any organization specifically, but they want to create a goal for themselves, then we bring in their, their work elements to that as well. So it, it's all encompassing in this particular aspect. And we take quite a lot of time with this to get a full representation of where they are today. From that, where do they want to go? What's their desire? This is where the smart comes into this. The smartics comes into this. And how are you going to get there? What actions are needed to, to actually achieve what you're, you're setting out to achieve? So the smartics comes in here. The knowing part, and more importantly, how will you know you've arrived? How will you know you've achieved this goal? And what will it feel like? And this is where we work with visualization. We get the person to have a full representation, a full visualization of what they think it will feel like when they know they've achieved their goal. And that's important. And I'll come to that later. We'll, we'll come back to that and why, why that part is particularly important. So going through the, the, the SMARTX itself, I mean, we've just given a brief overview of the, about the, the SMART mnemonic. Starting with specific, what outcomes are you aiming for? Is it clear and straightforward? What does the objective mean? What actions will you personally be responsible in this particular goal that you're trying to, uh, to set? And something that's helpful here is the six W's. You may have come across that. Who, which, which individuals will be required to complete certain tasks? in order to achieve the end goal, because you may need to rely on other people. What are you exactly trying to accomplish? When? A basic time frame. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later in, in the time frame section. And, and where? It may require you to be in specific locations or specific events in order to go through the process to achieve the goal. And are there, which, are there any obstacles or blocks within your path or in the environment, the external environment that could get in your way. This is a chance now to sort of identify those potential blocks and obstacles in the way. And what's the reason for the goal? The why? What's the reason for the goal? What will it actually achieve? And by dealing with all this early on, it really enables the person to analyze, is the goal worthy for them? Is it really what they, they want? And Again, we spent a lot of time on the first part, the, the plus part, but this specific area here, I, I, in my experience, some people do find difficult. 
and we need to really fine-tune it and bring it down to the, to the nitty-gritty, as we call it. So to go back for a second, you have this, this plus part of SmartX Plus, yeah. and that is taking the now, where, how framework and adding no to it. And, and what you're saying is you start off with now, yeah. which represents the present, and you're asking yourself, where are you now? Yeah. And then what you do is for the where and how, that's when you go to the SmartX mnemonic. Absolutely. And, and then after that, you end up with the no, which is how will you know when you've arrived? Yeah. Now, when it comes to the smart aspect, when you're going through smart goals and even the ICS that we're going to cover in a few minutes, do you go down letter by letter? Do you tackle each one independently? Or is this a more natural process where all of these things are working together as you're working on your goals, as you're working on your process? It really depends on the individual I'm working with. If people are not familiar with goal setting in a, in a structured format, this lends a framework to it and enables them to go through it step by step. And of course, once you've done it once or twice, you know the process and you just go through it naturally. Other people, we can go through goal setting with them naturally and we can question elements of their, their thoughts uh, when they start putting it down on paper and say, well, okay, what about this part? What about that part? And making sure it fits within the SMART framework and adding on the, the ICS later on. So once again, SMART is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Could we hop on down to the ICS? What are these three new letters that you are adding to this process? Okay, well, as an individual, once you've got your SMART goals set and you think you're, you're fine with that, we've added I for intelligent or intelligence. Is this an intelligent aim for you? Is this something you would do normally? Is this something that will take you out of your comfort zone? And we're exploring that. Isn't it an intelligent move for the individual? And only they can say. If they feel uncomfortable and they don't feel it's an intelligent move for them, then we go back and revise the goal. So these last three act really as internal checks before they progress and sort start working towards the goal. This is all... Um, like I say, an internal check at the end. The congruent. Is it congruent with the real you and your beliefs? There's no good making a goal and then part of you inside is just saying, well, I'm okay with the goal, but I'm not quite sure it's going to achieve what I want to achieve or there's elements of it where, oh, I don't know, I've got, I've got to speak to these people and uh, we haven't had a good relationship with them in the past or all these different elements come in there. Is it congruent with you? You know, is it, is it the real you and, and does it fit with your beliefs? And the, and the S is success-based. Will the achievement of this goal bring you your desired outcome? Because after all, that's what we're after at the end of the day. We want a desired outcome uh, and we want that to be positive. That's why we're setting out the goals in the first place. But very often when I've worked with people in the past and they haven't had these internal checks at the end, and they fall down on their goal and they come to me and they say, look, I, I've been doing this and we've been doing goal setting and it hasn't worked out the way we want to. And we go back and we evaluate things. And it's because of these three elements or one of these three elements. And so these final three, the ICS stand for intelligent, congruent and success based. And these are the ones, like you said, these are the internal checks afterward. After you've come up with your smart goals yep. for yourself, what you're asking is, do these really pass the the internal checks and balances that I have in my own life that are somewhat unique to me. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm thinking about this for the listeners who are leading organizations, leading businesses, leading teams. Do you recommend that this is something that they go through 
Or is this a process that you lead your team through? What is the dynamic there? What would you recommend for someone who's maybe just heard about this for the first time today from you that they take advantage of it for what they're doing in their own leadership? Work with it on an individual basis first so you become more familiar with it. If it works for you, because there are many other goal-setting models around, if it works for you, great. If you want to start using it with teams, your C-suite teams, or your middle managers, or you pass it on to individuals so that they can try it themselves as well um, as a way of cascading down the model, then, then do that. But try it first yourself. Try it on some, some lesser goals uh, and then build the goals in magnitude when you get used to the model. Now, is this something that you have developed yourself or did you learn this from someone else? Well, I learned the smart goals from someone else. Sure, yeah. (laughs) But uh, this particular model is based on my experience of working with individuals. And so what does it look like when you are working with people? Do you just walk them through step by step? Do you give them, quote unquote, homework to do on their own and come back and discuss it? How do you actually go through this process? Because you are the one who has done this and you're the expert in this particular model. Right. It really depends on the individual. Um, If we're working in a session and we're... it could take a whole session to go through the present, the very first element. We could spend an hour on that easy as defining where they are now. Now, I'm talking about people now who have large goals. You know, they, they, they really want to know where they are now. We go through that. They put pen to paper. We have mind maps. They draw images. They, anything that they want to do in order to portray where they are now. And very often, a large sheet of paper and some colored pens really works well with individuals on a one-to-one basis. Hmm. And it gives them that freedom and that creativity to just map out where they are, literally map out where they are. And it doesn't matter how crude that, I mean, I can't draw for, for, for the life of me. <laughs> um, and it doesn't matter how crude the drawing is. It always comes through and never fails to come through with a message about where they are now. And very often they will get insight from that alone. And it breeds lots of discussion before we actually get into the formulation of the goals. So when it comes to using SmartX Plus as a model for internal goal setting, is this something that you would recommend doing on a semi-regular basis or just whenever you have projects coming around? How is it that you use it either in your own life or in the lives of your clients? I've had clients just planning their holiday with it because they think it's useful. I've had clients doing multi-million pound projects with it because they find that it is extremely useful for them on an individual basis, not as a, an organizational level. And I haven't had anybody that sort of worked with it. Well, they haven't told me if they have worked with it with the teams within their organizations because I only ever work with them on an individual basis. And then the other question that I have that I'm wondering here is you've taken us through this now where how no analysis. Yeah. Really it's it's the middle two which are where and how where you're using the smartix model. It is. What happens when you get to know? You you said that when you're working in the present in in the now that can take a while. What does it look like when you are developing that final step, which is the know and knowing when you've arrived at your goal? Okay, so imagine we've been through the first step of the now and we've gone through SmartX and they're, they're happy with what they've produced in terms of a, a well-formed goal. Now we go to the phase of the now saying, 
How will you know you've arrived? Okay, the M in smart gives you measurements. Fine. You know, we, we can have uh, percentages there. We can have figures there, finance there. There may be milestones along the way. But how do you really know when you've arrived, when you've achieved a goal? And what we work then is with visualization with, uh, with my clients. And what will it feel like? What will you see? What you, will you hear? What will you feel? How will it be represented to you? And what does it mean to you having achieved it? So we really go through in quite a lot of depth what it means to the person to have achieved the goal. And they get a really good idea then of what it will be like when, they, when they've arrived. I'll give you an example, and, and this is um, probably not, well, it's not a business example, but I, I've just been coaching three ladies who are halfway across the Atlantic at the moment in, in a, a rowing challenge. Mm. Um, they set off from the Canary Islands off of the coast of Africa on December the 12th, and they're heading to Antigua. Now, when we were doing the preparation, uh, we used the Smartix Plus, and we had an article from a guy who'd done this previously, and he'd done this solo. And in the first paragraph of the article, the thing that really struck him the most when he, he got sight of the island of Antigua, um, it was well within his sights. The thing that struck him the most was, after being 47 days at sea in the Atlantic, was the smell of the vegetation. Hmm. So I worked with the ladies to develop a visualization, a full visualization of what it will be like to actually be in that position of having sight of the island, smelling the vegetation, listening to the people on the shore, listening to the the rockets that get sent off and seeing the banners and the TV crews and everything else, full representation of what it will be like to have achieved it. And then they stick with that visualization and they keep it with them all the way along when they're along those milestones achieving their goal. And that will be the same with anybody we work with. One of the things that I'm wondering at this point is when you have someone like yourself who's helped people go through this model and this process before, you can help people to visualize. You know the questions to ask and the things to do to inspire their imaginations. When you're doing it by yourself, it's a little bit more difficult. And so I guess if people want to optimize their outcomes, they should be working with you. But if they don't have that opportunity for whatever reason, how would you recommend really getting the most out of this last final no step? Write it down in full. Absolutely write it down. It, it gives you that other dimension. It allows you to have that creativity. It allows you to express yourself. And it gives you a point of reference all the way along, all the way through your milestones, all the way through everything. And when you get there, you can compare it. Well, Paul, I appreciate you being on today and for sharing this new way of thinking about goals that is not just for an organization, but primarily for ourselves as leaders is there anything that we've not been able to fully uncover that you think needs to be said before this interview ends? I think the only thing is when you are setting out to achieve your goals as individuals, sometimes, depends on the personality, of course, don't be afraid to affect change. Don't be afraid to collaborate and cooperate in order to achieve your goals, even if they're individual goals. You know, involve others. And also believe in yourselves that you can do it. And this is a real stumbling block for a lot of individuals that come to a coach is that they, they don't have that belief in themselves. They have a, they can have a framework. We can work with all of this, but they've got to be able to believe in themselves and their competencies and their capabilities and, and in what they want to achieve. 
And this is why it's really so important to have these extra three elements at the end, because when we start looking at in, their in, is it an intelligent move, is it congruent with them, is it success-based, the, these three elements breed a lot of conversation with individuals, and it comes out then when people don't really have the belief in themselves. And that then leads to, to other work in order for them to affect uh, the change they want. So effect change, collaborate and cooperate and believe in yourself. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining the show today. Where can people go to learn more about you and your work? Um, they can go to my website, which is at uh, coachpaul.expert. That's coachpaul.expert. Uh, you can get me on Facebook or Twitter with the handle uh, coachpaulss. And you can also find me on LinkedIn with the linkedin.com Paul hyphen Stretton hyphen Stevens. All righty, Paul, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. All right, I want to get to our key takeaways for the day. But first, I want to let you know that if you would like to see more about this SmartX Plus model that Paul has developed, you can go to coachpaul.expert slash SmartX dash plus. Once again, that's coachpaul.expert slash SmartX dash plus. Now, the first thing that I want to highlight from today's episode is the importance of dealing with key elemental questions related to your goals before pursuing them wholeheartedly. Make sure that you really know what you want and why you want it before you start heading after those goals. And part of that is making sure that you have the ICS of the SmartX Plus model. And those letters, once again, stand for intelligent, congruent, and success-based. The second thing is to write down your goals and identify what your life will look like after you've achieved them. This is so important because often we will make goals for ourselves. We will make essentially wishes for ourselves, but they never actually become reality because we forget about them. We don't have anything to hold ourselves accountable. And when you write these goals down, then you have in some ways, accountability in your own life, especially if you're not only writing them down, but you're reading them. And then in addition to that, make sure that you're identifying what your life will look like after you've achieved those goals. And that's a big part of writing them down. When you're writing your goals down, write what it will be like when you're done. And the final thing is to make sure that you involve others in your goals. Don't try to accomplish things alone. I think we all know that we're better when we are working as a team. One side note, if you would like to check out the rowing team that Paul talked about in the episode today, check out the show notes at lifeasleadership.com slash 053, and it'll have their Instagram linked there. Now, make sure you come back at the end of the week for our second episode when we're going to look at a leader from the nonprofit world who from a young age was leading a nonprofit organization and who is now working as a consultant to help other nonprofit leaders accomplish their goals. Until then... Keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. 
Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now, or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon, and until then, keep living and leading well.